Our second lesson today comes from the first few words from the gospel according to John. We've already heard from the first few words from Genesis and now from John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and without Him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in Him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. The Word of the Lord. The nuns are on the rise again. I'm not talking about nuns as in Catholic women who devote their life to serving Christ. It's the nuns. That would be N-O-N-E apostrophe S. That's on the rise. See, people in that category, none, recently responded to a report, a report, A questionnaire from the Pew Forum on religious and public life when asked about their religious affiliation. None. That number, that group, is growing. The nuns. In fact, according to the Pew Forum, one-fifth of the U.S. public and a third of people under 30 are religiously unaffiliated. None. The highest percentages ever in their polling. In the last five years, in fact, the unaffiliated have increased from just over 15% to just under 20%. The nuns. While this data gives us concern, this data about the nuns on the rise, it does not mean that faith is exactly on the decline. Because, see, a more careful look at the data indicates that many of the Countries unaffiliated, adults, the nuns, continue to be religious or spiritual in their own way. Two-thirds of the group of this 46 million in number say they believe in God. A third of them classify themselves as spiritual but not religious. And one in five say that they pray every day. So in addition... Most of this religiously unaffiliated American group agree that churches and religious institutions are doing good things, helping people and serving the poor. I'm speaking about all this today as we continue in this series about how faith relates to life and especially today as we talk about faith and science. The data shows increasing numbers of people who identify themselves with no religious preference, no religious affiliation, none. The data shows younger people as spiritual but increasingly not religious. There's lots of speculation about why this trend is going in this direction. Some of it, some people conclude that it's the backlash from so many people giving religion and faith a bad name. So many arguments about faith and politics alienating people from religion. Others are even arguing that the world is so increasingly complicated and so scientific and so technical, it's harder and harder for people to see and sense God's presence and God at work. We all know that we live in a very scientific world. Where is God in the midst of this perplexing world that is ours? And and how does faith actually fit in 
in this scientific world? This is the question that I got from one of you in an email. Many of the things that we have already done today involve and prove how dependent we are on science. Maybe the fact that we even woke up today is attributed to science. For some of us, the fact that we are even alive today is attributed to science and modern medicine. If we glance at the morning paper today, it's the result of worldwide telecommunications and scientific data floating through the airwaves. If we had coffee this morning, it was grown in some far-off place. It was roasted in some other spot, and it was cooked by scientific procedures either in our house or in our church building. Maybe you checked your email today already. Maybe you're checking it right now. (laughs) That's a result of science and technology and the world that we live in. We're all really related to Science, we live in amazing times. And we know a great deal about science and about our world from science. We know that about 15 billion years ago, our planet came into being. Particles and forces that make it up came into being. We know this, or at least we know scientists who know this. We know about protons, we know about neutrons, we know about electrons, at least we've heard something about that. We know about forces and matter Change, all these things have been in work, at work in the universe across the millions and millions of years that the universe has been in place. We know about molecules. We know about nerves. And we know about tissues. And we know about processes within our own bodies. And some of you spend every day working on these very things. Science enlightens our minds. Science enlarges our imaginations Science tells us important things like how our cells are regenerated and pass along to the next generation. Science tells us why we're sick and how we might get better or maybe can't get better. Science allows us to explore the farthest universe. Just this week there was the discovery of a solar system the most like ours with a particular planet rotating around a particular star. Maybe in a few decades we'll be visiting that solar system by science. Who knows? Science also allows us to unravel the deepest mysteries of the most minute organisms. Not only does science answer our questions, it does so in ways that marvel us and satisfy us and mystify us. So how does all of this science affect our belief in God? How does it keep us engaged in faithful life? Does it befuddle us and does it get us off track, making us run away from God because science is just too wonderful and too much there and we're not sure about God, so we gravitate more toward science? That's how it happens for some of us. For others of us, we run away from science, unsure of its complexities, afraid that it doesn't fit with our understanding of who God is and how God works and what we know about the Bible. That's how it affects others of us. If dinosaurs aren't in the Bible, maybe they never existed. Some people actually think like that. Do we have to? Certainly not. 
Or do both of these pursuits, science and faith, creation and evolution, physics and metaphysics, both of these pursuits offer complementary understandings that, taken together, give us a fuller picture of the world and a fuller picture of ourselves in the world, a deeper sense of God and a better sense of God's presence and more clarity about how we might serve God in the world. I think this is the better way. Both science and religion, faith and science can shape our thinking and form our lives. Both can feed our faith and deepen us in our service and help us grow closer toward God and even toward one another. You know that this is not a new struggle. We cannot be so arrogant to think that finally in our modern, in our scientific, in our sophisticated and polytechnic world, in all of our brilliance, we're going to finally sort this out. Now, while genetic coding and stem cell research and a new solar system perhaps bring new questions, all of them do, these debates between faith and science have been going on for a very long time way back in the 1500s when Copernicus first argued that the sun was the center of the universe and not the earth, the debate was heated. Way back when Galileo was using his telescope to search the heavens and explore the skies and make huge strides in science and mathematics, there were great divides between faith and science. But faith and science can certainly complement each other Actually, faith and science need each other. They do. When we assume otherwise, that's when we get in trouble. When we assume that truth only comes in mathematical formulas and statistics and data and scientific inquiry, or truth comes in religious inquiry alone, then we're in trouble. The search, the journey is necessary for both of these, science and faith. They need each other. As both the Old Testament and the New Testament assert, we're to love God with our heart, our soul, our mind, and all of our strength. And then we will find the life and the love and the hope and the purposes that God intends for us. That means that science and faith go together. It's a quest. A quest that helps us know the world and know the maker of the world. It's a quest that helps us know ourselves and know that we're part of a much grander scheme in God's purposes. That means we keep believing in God in an age of science, and we keep growing in faith and in science when our hearts and minds and souls and strength are all open to both faith and science. We can see, and we can believe in a way that gives us life and love and purpose. One place that we can see God in our scientific world is the vast cosmos itself. The cosmos, cosmos with its 15 billion year history. Just think about that. 15 billion year history. This is big. This is long and the world, a world of beauty and amazement, a universe of intricacy and intimacy, a world of creation and complexity. Genesis says, in the beginning, God speaks and brings the world into being. Day and night, God speaks, let there be light and light comes. Genesis says, 
God is the ground of all being, the source of everything, the prime mover, the creator. It's an affirmation about the bigness of God. Huge. It's an affirmation that everything begins with God. The Bible is not a science book. It's a faith book. Its purpose is to explain not how the world was made, but who started it, who creates, who made it. The purpose is to explain the who behind the whole cosmos, God. So when you look at the world and when you see the beauty and the order and the magnitude and the regularity and its tremendous purposes, faith affirms there's a mind with a capital M behind it. There's a P with a capital purpose behind it, God. And that God is worthy of our worship and worthy of our prayers and worthy of our reflections, the foundation of our obedience, the ground of our hope, God. And science, as science enlarges our minds and as science enlightens our imaginations and informs us, Our faith intends to grow because we are continually amazed at the awesome God who could be the prime mover, the creator, the M in mind behind it all. Science informs us. Faith intends to fill us. Science, on the other hand, is interested in the how, where faith is interested in the who. Science says, how did the world come into being? One scientist, theologian, John Polkinghorne, a world-class physicist and faithful Christian, puts it this way, and I quote, In the beginning was the Big Bang. For a while the universe was a hot soup of quarks and gluons and leptons, and by the time it was one ten-thousandth of a second old, one ten-thousandth of a second old, the world took the familiar form of protons and neutrons and electrons, end quote. And then Polkinghorne continues to explain the whole complex, fantastic process of how the universe came into being with gravity as the dominant force, with one-quarter helium and three parts hydrogen, and the amazing, miraculous symmetry The balance that, if it was just a tiny, tiny fraction off, the universe would have imploded upon itself or exploded and vanished into nothingness again. Instead, the universe continues and continues on and it has for 15 billion years. And if you're interested in this, I invite you to read this book by John Polkinghorne, one of the best theologians and theological books I've read It's called The Faith of a Physicist. And what he does is expounds on the Apostles' Creed from a physicist's perspective. The world began with the Big Bang, he says, but the world also began in God's love and amazing purposes. The world can be explained in scientific terms, and the world is backed and held and initiated by the great creator God, God of the universe. The world is full of gluons and quarks and helium and hydrogen, but the world is also full of God's purposes. 
and God's love and God's abiding care. See, faith answers the who question of creation. Science answers the how question. Science also answers the when question maybe 15 billion years ago. Science can also answer the what question, quarks, gluons, helium, hydrogen, protons, gravity, all this. But science cannot answer the who question. That is a faith question. And God is the who, and science cannot answer the why question very well either. That's a faith question because God wanted to, because God loves creation, because God wanted to create life, in fact, wanted to create this life, and because God intends for creation to move as it does with human beings and all kinds of other complications. This is God's world. There are other indications, too, that as science informs us, faith fills us. The Gospel of John puts it really poetically. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. See, we're not only talking about a creator, God, who put the world into being and placed an orderly, rational, and amazing world into being. We're talking about a God who is related to us as human beings who cares enough about life and my life and your life and our life together to come among us, to be one of us, to dwell with us, to bring light into the darkness and even care so much to say no darkness can overcome the light that Christ offers. In other words, this is the universe. It may be 15 billion years old, but it's also a universe where human life unfolds and human life matters very much to God. There are saints, there are scientists. Individual lives matter so significant in a physical scale next to the tremendous universe. It's almost incomprehensible, the size of the universe, and yet so significant so significant to God that God becomes one of us. And this demands serious consideration from us as scientists and also as theologians. It's worthy of our thought and reflection and faithfulness. One of the psalmists puts it so poetically too. When I look at the heavens, the moon, and the stars that you have established, God, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them, God has not just made the world with amazement and order and wonder. Human beings are fearfully and wonderfully made, the psalmist confirms, and God cares enough about us to come among us, to give us life, to give us eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The point in all of this is that while science can tell us many things, faith helps us with many things too. And while faith can tell us many things, science informs our faith also. Ancient faith, modern knowledge, they go together. And we keep working on them and growing them together. Faith in God in an age of science helps us know not just about the universe, but who we are related to the God of the universe. Science and faith go together, not just helping us know equations and data and formulas and history, but the why. Because God loves us, we serve God. For what purpose 
the kingdom of heaven and the earth. That's the purpose. It's never an either or, or, or proposition, faith or science. It's both together. And they help us on the journey. So we're on a quest, friends. We're on a quest to understand who we are and what life is about. Where does life come from and who we're accountable to. We want to understand our world and know what our place is in it. It's about life. And it's about life with God and life together in this amazing world serving God. It's about knowing and it's about being known. It's about loving and doing good and bringing God's purposes to fruition. While the universe and so much can be understood in impersonal and mathematical ways, it's never just about that. It's also about love and compassion and helping one another and finding the kind of life that God intends for all of us. There's reason, there's purpose, there's love, there's joy, there's potential for change, and it's always a journey faith and science together. There's so much more to the mind of God than just science. It involves faith. Perhaps you've heard the story of the little boy in the Sunday school class. He took out a piece of paper and he was busy drawing and he was so focused and excited about what he was working on. This teacher came over and said, what are you doing? He said, I'm drawing the face of God. And the teacher said, well, How are you going to do that? Nobody's ever seen the face of God. Well, when they see my drawing, they will. (laughs) There is such a thing as sharing in the Creator's joy. There is such a thing as experiencing God's presence. There is such a thing as hope and purpose amidst the complexities of life. There is real love way beyond mathematical formulas and quarks and gluons and all the things that make up the world. There's always more to science than equations. There's God, creator of the universe, maker, the mind, the purpose behind it all, the word made flesh too. Would that we have the trust and the faith, the joy and the purpose to serve God with our lives in this scientific world. It's a journey that gives us life. May we go and discover together. Amen. Let us pray. Awesome, amazing God of the universe, Word made flesh who came among us, we believe. Help our unbelief. Amen.